The New Orleans Saints went out and signed Derek Carr and retained Jameis Winston, but should they still target a quarterback in the NFL draft? Let's discuss why and why not. We got all that and a little bit of land yet for you on today's episode of Locked on Saints. You are Locked on Saints, your daily New Orleans Saints podcast, part of the Locked on Podcast Network, your team every day. What is good, Houdat Nation and Houdat family? Welcome into another episode of Locked On Saints, your daily podcast covering your favorite team, the New Orleans Saints. Part of Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Thanks so much as always. Make Locked On Saints your first listen of the day every day. Don't forget you can subscribe and follow for free on YouTube wherever you get your podcasts so that you don't miss any of the latest daily episodes. I am your host, Ross Jackson, at Ross Jackson. Nola on Twitter, your New Orleans Saints expert, credential member of the media, CrescentCitySports.com, USA Today's Saints Wire. Tuesdays a lot in the NFL, and here with you every single Monday through Friday on Locked on Saints. And on today's episode of Locked on Saints, it's Friday, so we got our In Case You Missed It portion of the show, getting you caught up with everything you need to know from all the big news around the New Orleans Saints from the week, including some big-time injury updates you're going to want to make sure you don't miss. We're also going to take a look at if, if the New Orleans Saints were to uh, take a look at drafting a quarterback in this year's draft class, should they go early? Or should they go late? But let's start off with the big question. Should the Saints even be interested in quarterback in the 2023 NFL draft uh, here in less than a month? And the way that I'll say it, I'll give you my opinion first. My opinion is that they should very much still be open to drafting a quarterback. There's some, you know, sly language in there that I'm using for kind of hedging, but also just really being understanding of what that process is looks like, right? It's not as simple as this quarterback's on the board. We like that quarterback. It's time for us to pick. We're picking that quarterback. That's not how NFL teams work, right? You're looking at a lot more than that. Who is that quarterback? At what position are you in the draft? Is that quarterback a top 100 prospect? Are you in the top 100 selections? Are you not in the top 100 selections? Are you in a situation to where you like the quarterback that's there, but Do you like that quarterback that's there relative to the players at other positions that are also there that might have more value at your current selection? There's a lot of different elements that go in. So it's not as simple as A plus B equals C. There's a whole bunch of stuff before you eventually get to the draft pick, which is like ZZ, right? You've gone through the alphabet twice before you ever actually make that selection. So that's something to consider. So the way that I say it here is truly the way that I believe it. The same should be at least open to the possibility of still drafting a quarterback. It's important not to walk into this year's NFL draft class, which does have solid quarterbacks in its, you know, in its makeup and say, we're not paying attention to quarterback at all. That's when you end up hurting yourself. And we've seen that, right? We've seen the Saints avoid that in previous years. They went out and drafted, you know, Ian Book and what was it? The fourth round, I believe that they drafted him in a season that you weren't really sure that they really necessarily needed to draft a quarterback, but they liked him. They liked the value in terms of where he was when they were picking. They liked his value relative to the other players at other positions that were still on the board, and they liked the roster in other places where other positions were on the board. And so they went with the guy that was at the top of their board at that time in Ian Book. Now, obviously, that didn't work out. He got a year on the roster. Then he went to the Philadelphia Eagles, as all former New Orleans Saints seem to be doing here recently. And then, you know, he's not in New Orleans any longer. So I look at sort of the possibility of the Sage drafting a quarterback is one 
where the door should still very much be ajar and cracked open, but not necessarily wide open waiting for you to walk through. It's not like you're holding the number one overall selection and your roster looks like the Carolina Panthers or the number two overall selection and your roster looks like the Houston Texans or, or, or. You're at 29th overall and your roster looks pretty good at the quarterback spot. You have a bona fide NFL starter with nine years of NFL starting experience, having only missed four games, only two of which due to injury throughout his entire career as your starting quarterback in Derek Carr. And then you have a um, experienced and familiar quarterback as his backup right now in Jameis Winston, who has a very high ceiling in terms of what he's able to do. So do you really feel like you're in a situation here to where you need to sprint to the podium to draft a quarterback in round five? Well, that kind of depends. Who else is there? How many selections do you still have? Did you trade your other fifth round pick? Are you interested in other guys that are out there? Is there enough for you to want to trade back or trade up? Did you use those things to trade up? There's so many of those different question marks. So the why they should is simply around, I don't know, in my opinion, it's a little bit more of a why not, right? Like, why shouldn't you? If it all makes sense, you might as well grab a guy that you know you don't have to throw, you know, out to the Lions right away and work on developing a quarterback, which is something that this team has kind of avoided for the last 16 years or so and actively not had to participate in. But maybe there's some value in that. Derek Carr's contract you can get out of in three years. If things aren't going well, would you rather have somebody that at least you've developed to at least get a look at or have to focus solely the way that you did with Drew Brees on trying to find somebody the next year and the next year and the next year because you're having to do it through free agency. So don't leave yourself hanging out to dry like you did by not having a backup plan on the roster for Drew Brees, at least not a solid enough one. And instead, go ahead and have your backup plan for Derek Carr just in case you need him, knowing that Jameis Winston is on the roster right now, but might not be on the roster in 2024. There's no guarantee that that will be the case. So that's sort of my, well, why not? Well, you might as well, right? That's why you should do it because it's good to have that. Even if you go out there and you find a perennial Chase Daniel to put on your roster, that's one Chase Daniel more than what you have on your roster right now and that you might have on your roster in 2024. The reason to avoid it is simply, this is a really, really talented draft that's deep in a lot of positions, safety, linebacker, edge rusher, uh, interior defender, uh, running back, wide receiver. So even if you're not, even if you're waiting until the fifth round to draft a quarterback, you might as well look at some of the other players that could potentially come in and be bona fide starters for you. Guys like Wake Forest, Kobe Turner, for instance, who's excellent against the run, excellent against the pass as an interior defensive lineman. He could potentially be there in the fifth round. There's fantastic running backs that could potentially be there in the fifth round that could actually impact your team right away, as opposed to that rookie quarterback who may never see the light of day outside of maybe practice reps. And so I think maybe that's where you kind of go. That's where they, it's why they shouldn't use a draft pick on a quarterback is because do you really have the resources to be throwing away on somebody that may never see the field and may never put on your jersey? And that's especially true if you think, oh, we'll just wait until the seventh round and grab whatever quarterback's there, uh, a Lindsey Scott Jr. or a, a Dorian Thompson Robinson, maybe, uh, maybe Jaron Hall's still there, maybe a Stetson Bennett's there. Sure. Or, Roll the dice on a position that that you could potentially have an impact for you in 2023. But at the same time, as I mentioned, I lean a little bit more over on the opposite side, which is 
if the quarterback is there at the right time, if it makes sense, go ahead and take the quarterback. Don't rule it out just because you've got Derek Carr in the building. You're not a finished product by any means. No NFL team is. And so keep all of those possibilities open. Keep all possibilities on the table and don't start writing anything off just yet. Ain't the time to be picky. And honestly, the team's not in a situation to be picky at all because they ain't won nothing for the past two years. So they have to be, they can't say, yeah, we can be picky. They have to go out there and prove what they have and prove their value. And I think part of doing that is remaining open to all possibilities as opposed to closing off to other possibilities. So I would say, yeah, sure. If there's a quarterback there that makes sense, pull the trigger. But who is that quarterback? And should that quarterback be an early round quarterback? Or can you wait for a later round quarterback? Because you don't need that player to be a starter day one. Could be interesting. And there's a lot of really good names later on in the draft, one of which the Saints are already scheduled to meet with privately. Got that coming up for you as we continue on with today's episode of Locked on Saints, part of Locked on Podcast Network, your team every day. And today's episode of Locked on Saints brought to you by friends over at Built Bar, the best tasting protein bar on the market. And hey, it is time for Built March Madness. You got a bracket for everything. Well, how about a bracket for the best tasting of all of the best tasting protein bars out there? It's Built Bar. You can find that over at BuiltMarchMadness.com, which will allow you to be able to vote for your favorite bar. We're in the middle of the Elite Eight bars at the moment. Head over to Built March Madness today and get your vote on. Only a couple days left in March to get all the way through the finals here. So make sure you go and check it out, BuiltMarchMadness.com. And don't forget, when you vote, you are entered in a drawing to potentially be one of 50 locked on listeners that are going to get a free box of Built. And one lucky listener will also get a 12-month subscription to Built so that the best tasting protein bar is mailed to your door every single month for the next 12 months. You can go and check them out today over at BuiltMarchMadness.com to get your vote in to support your favorite bar or puff and also pick up a box while you're there. You can vote every single day in March, which is only a limited time now. So make sure you get there today to support your pick. All right, family, continuing on with today's episode of Locked on Saints. If the New Orleans Saints were to draft a quarterback in this year's NFL draft, should they try to get it done early or can they wait and pull the trigger late? Appreciate you as always for making Locked on Saints your first listen of the day every day. Thanks so much for being here as part of the uh, Locked on Podcast Network, your team every day. My goodness, my goodness. All right. So we're rolling through quarterbacks here and we're taking a look at if the Saints were to draft a quarterback, which again, I still think is a fine option if the value is right at the right part of the draft. But what is the right part of the draft for a quarterback? Like if you're still in love with Hendon Hooker, which I still think is he's going to be, he is a great prospect, can be a very good NFL quarterback, especially as somebody that's a spot thrower, post-snap reads, pre-snap reads, all the things that he does very well. There's elements of that that translate to the NFL that aren't specific to the Josh Heupel system, the wide receiver option system that they were running in Tennessee. There's translatable skill sets, there's translatable traits that will make their way to the NFL as well, as long as he ends up in a passer-friendly system that works for him. So, you know, I look at the other, you know, top quarterbacks. CJ Stroud is my QB1. I like the accuracy. I like the size. I like the program. I like the, I like all those things. So I, I go CJ Stroud, Bryce Young, uh, Anthony Richardson, I technically go Hendon Hooker, then Will Levis, but whatever. The NFL is going to probably go Will Levis over Hendon Hooker because of the injury, of course. And so you imagine that those first four, Stroud, Young, Richardson, Levis, are all 
out of the running. They will go off the board within the top 10, very likely, in this year's NFL draft. At least that's the expectation. We'll see. We'll see if somebody takes a uh, uh, a surprising fall. But then not far behind those guys are are, are is another group of quarterbacks like Hendon Hooker, um, Jack Hayner, or excuse me, Jake Hayner out of Fresno State. Uh, there's also Tanner McKee out of Stanford. Those three guys are probably your next tier of quarterbacks and could be had second, third, fourth rounds. So Hendon Hooker is probably the only second round prospect, but guys like Jake Hanner, Tanner McKee, somebody falls in love with him and only takes one. And we've even seen, you know, Tannenbaum having a draft not too long ago to where Hendon Hooker went off the board to the first uh, uh, Las Vegas Raiders pick. So who really knows what anyone expects from this quarterback class? But but if I'm the Saints, if Hendon Hooker's there at 40, I'm tempted. If Hendon Hooker's there at 71, I'm really, really tempted at that point. But outside of him, not a lot of people tempt me early as potential quarterback draft picks. So to me, if you're going to take a quarterback, taking one late is probably the better option, air quotes, big time air quotes around better option. But if you can get Hendon Hooker at 71, I, I think you're going to be hard pressed to convince me to do anything other than that. But We'll have to see how it goes. So if he's there, then I'm all for going a little bit earlier on a quarterback if it's Hendon Hooker. But outside of him, if I'm talking after the third round, if I'm talking, you know, Hendon Hooker's not there at 71, I'm probably not taking a quarterback until one of those fifth round selections or one of those seventh round selections, or I'm moving into the sixth. And so in that case, really your your pool of, of quarterbacks gets much larger in that case, right? Because your elite quarterbacks group is going to be smaller than your let's see what they've got developmental quarterbacks group. And so that's where you start to get into names like Jaron Hall, Max Duggan, Clayton Toon, Aiden O'Connell, Dorian Thompson Robinson, who we spoke about earlier, uh, 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 Malik Cunningham, Stetson Bennett, all of these other guys that are around and that are out there. And I don't want to, you know, forget anybody that's massively important to you or anything like that. I'm just throwing out some names that I have written down here. And so what's the goal in that case? I think if you're drafting a quarterback in the fifth or seventh round, then you're pretty much reserved to the idea or comfortable with the idea that at best, your expectation is that player becomes a longtime backup in the NFL. That's really what you're hope is that's really what your ceiling of expectation is. And then if they exceed those expectations, then fantastic. You look like a genius, right? Like it works. Good job. You know what I mean? And then, you know, all that's there, but it takes a lot of development. It takes a lot of work. It takes a lot to see somebody in today's NFL, this day and age, be able to actually turn around something and be bigger, better than expected, right? Uh, you know, Doug Mouton did the, did the research. After the last 10 years, 75 quarterbacks drafted after the second round. One of them is a bona fide starter in the NFL, Dak Prescott, where we got to wait to see who Brock Purdy is. Of course, he could be an example of yet another. But outside of that, you see a 50% hit rate in rounds one and two, and then one out of 75 rounds three and beyond. So your expectation can't be, I'm going to grab... Max Duggan in the fifth round, and he's going to be my starting quarterback in three in two years. Nah, that's not really what you're looking for here. But guys like Duggan, Toon, uh, O'Connell, and others can turn into career-long backups that can come in and maybe win a game for you or seal a victory for you if you have an injury that you don't have, you know, and, and, and they have to step in 
for Derek Carr in a year, in two years, when Jameis Winston may no longer be around or when you might not have a veteran backup quarterback on your roster. So lots of opportunities there for some of the guys that are later on in the draft. Um, Some of my favorites that are going to be around there, that list starts with Max Duggan. I love the gamer mentality. The good NFL size is there as well. Uh, Six foot one, 205, 207 pounds, somewhere around there. He's probably the one at the top of the list for me out of that group of quarterbacks. I really like Jaron Hall too out of BYU, but Jaron Hall's size being at five foot 11 is just a, it's just a little bit concerning. Uh, You just don't know if it's going to pan out in the NFL. And I know you can sit there and say, hey, well, Drew did, and hey, Russ did, and hey, Kyler Murray might be. But if you name three guys at me, I'm going to want to know about the other, (laughs) the other, you know, X amount of players that coexisted during their time that were that size and didn't pan out because I guarantee you the list of guys that size that didn't pan out is much, 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 much longer than the guys that did pan out and were bona fide starters for you, right? Now, two of them happen to be Super Bowl winners and that's fantastic, but there's a reason why it doesn't work. Don't try to be the team that changes it. There's just no use in that. That's why I pump my brakes a little bit when it comes to Bryce Young. Um, Aiden O'Connell's on the list for me too. I'll discuss him a little bit more because the Saints are expected to meet with him. There's a private workout and or meeting set up between them. So I'll give you kind of a quick scouting report on him when we go through in case you missed it. But Aiden O'Connell's absolutely on that list. Clayton Toon, another guy that the Saints have looked in on. Um, He's another one that's on that list. So there are really good quarterbacks that are down there, really good college quarterbacks that are down there that could turn into solid NFL backups. And that's one of the reasons why I say the door should still be open because you don't know what two years from now looks like, what three years from now looks like, what four years from now looks like. And so if you grab one of those guys, that might end up having an impact for you at a later time. And that impact could mean that they surprise you and become a starter, very unlikely, but it could mean that. More likely, they become somebody that maybe comes in and helps you close out a game when there's an injury to a quarterback or something going on with that quarterback, whatever it might be. That's excellent. The other thing is that they become a really, really good backup quarterback and they become that Chase Daniel coach on the sideline that helps the the other starting quarterback see what they're not seeing when because they're on the field and that backup quarterback's on the sideline, right? And then they become this fantastic clipboard guy that is helping out the starting quarterback. That is such a pivotally, pivotally? Is that a thing? Such a pivotal and important position. There we go. Uh, That that player could, that uh, role that that player could play in your starting quarterback's success. And I think that's just as valuable in terms of late round investment as, you know, some DB that might not ever see the roster and might end up on the practice squad if they're lucky. So that's the way that I look at it, man. Like there, there are some good options there and it's worth rolling the dice if the value makes sense. And there's not another player or a position on the board that needs your attention more, um, more kind of uh, directly or, 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 you know, that, that doesn't warrant it a little bit more. Now, like I mentioned, the Saints have a visit set up with Aiden O'Connell out of Purdue. So we'll discuss that and also fill you in on everything you need to know from this week's biggest news around the New Orleans Saints, including some major injury updates that you're going to want to know about. Got that coming up for you next as we continue on a wrap up today's episode of Locked on Saints, part of Locked on Podcast Network, your team every day. And today's episode of Locked on Saints brought to you by our friends over at FanDuel Sportsbook, America's number one sportsbook, where you can go for 
everything that you can imagine. You want XFL odds? They got them. You want NFL futures? They got them. You want final four men's, women's tournament odds, props, lines? They got all that. And of course, with the MLB opening up, there's a ton for you to check out there as well as the NBA season. So, so, so much for you over at FanDuel, including right now the no sweat first bets of up to $1,000. It's bonus bets that comes back if your first bet doesn't win. So if you're a new customer, you can get that no sweat first bet of up to $1,000. You can also check out the FanDuel Sportsbook app, which is safe, secure, super easy to use. If you want to know more about that uh, no sweat first bet, just head over today to FanDuel.com slash locked on. If you're a new customer, so you can get that no sweat first bet of up to $1,000 in bonus bets. That's FanDuel.com slash locked on to learn more. Make every moment more with FanDuel, an official sports betting partner of the NBA. Let's get it. Who that nation wrap it up today's episode of Locked on Saints. It is time for our Friday installment. In case you miss it, getting you caught up with all the biggest stories you need to know from around the NFL and around the New Orleans Saints more specifically. So Dennis Allen over with the uh, NFL owners meeting, giving a bunch of updates on some pretty major injuries, uh, including wide receiver Michael Thomas. Uh, left tackle Trevor Penning, as well as starting right guard Caesar Ruiz. So going back to the top here, Michael Thomas, of course, the biggest name of this group, expected to be participating in camp, in camp, a part of camp, all of that, but um, may not be ready to start camp. But we'll see. Uh, there seems to be a lot of optimism around where Michael Thomas's progress is. He's not 100% just yet here, and on in, in, in the end of March, but no one expected him to be. So this is. Pretty good news, uh, regardless, when it comes to Michael Thomas. So expect to see him out there in camp. Uh, Trevor Penning and Cesar Ruiz both expected to start camp as well. So we'll see if they are able to make that timeline. Uh, the Saints signed earlier this week wide receiver, formerly Las Vegas Raider, more uh, more presently with the Atlanta Falcons and then on the Kansas City Chiefs practice squad, uh, wide receiver Brian Edwards. Big physical pass catcher at six foot three, 215 pounds, exactly what the Saints were looking to add to their uh, roster this offseason. Uh, has chemistry with the new quarterback, Derek Carr. They played together in Las Vegas, including Brian Edwards' best season so far back in 2021. Uh, this isn't a signing that you should expect to see Brian Edwards leap to the top of the depth chart or anything like that, but it definitely helps depth as a whole, kind of raises the level of the bottom of your wide receiver room or your fourth wide receiver, however it is that you want to look at it. Michael Thomas, Chris Olave, Rashid Shahid, very much so your bona fide top three, but Brian Edwards now has the opportunity to be kind of shifted and and, and moved into a bunch of different places and help to contribute to mismatch opportunities, contribute to you know other opportunities that might be there with the New Orleans Saints, including, of course, backing someone up in case there is an injury at the position. The New Orleans Saints did not retain defensive tackle Contavia Street. This was one that we were kind of hoping uh, would happen to where he would remain here in New Orleans, but it looks like he is expected to join the Philadelphia Eagles. So along with Justin Evans, Street now heads to the Philadelphia Eagles. So those two will re-team up after both coming together in New Orleans. They now end up meeting up again in the city of brotherly love. So the Saints have now lost because Contavia Street had three and a half sacks in 2022. Don't believe the Adam Schefter tweet. He had three and a half sacks, not six. Uh, and so that means that uh, between Contavia Street, 
Marcus Davenport, Caden Ellis, David Onyemata, as well as, of course, Shai Tuttle, who have all ended up signing elsewhere now, they've lost 18 of their 47 sacks from last season. So it's a lot they're going to have to rebuild. And a big reason why I think you're seeing this sort of pass rushing focus on the interior so far with the additions of Colin Saunders and more specifically Nathan Shepard, but why the Saints are so focused on their defensive line going into 2023, whether it be through the draft or the remainder of free agency, even even post-draft free agency, where you don't have to worry about the compensatory pick formula and all those things can sit, be ready to see them completely bought in on completely rebuilding that defensive line and trying to add more pass rushes because now they're going to need to get those numbers back up. The NFL has made a big change. No, not just allowing the roster number zero back in the game, but also making big changes to the preseason cut schedule. It used to be that you would go from 90 to 85 to 80, then down to 53, and you would make those cuts after each uh, after each preseason game. So after the first preseason game, cut down to 85, second cut down to 80. Then after that final preseason game, you make the cut down all the way to the 53, at least initial 53-man roster, which always undergoes some changes before the actual beginning of the season two weeks later. Now you cut down, NFL teams are being asked to cut down from 90 to 53 after the third preseason game. That's it. So not having sort of the staggered cut downs of 5, 10, then down to 53. They are saying on August 29th for this year, you're going from 90 all the way down to 53. That's what you got to be able to do. So that means that 1,184 players could become free agents on August 29th. That's going to be huge. And that's two weeks before the season begins. So expect some of those players to end up right landing in some of those other open spots around the league. And finally, in case you missed it, the team has set up a private visit and or workout. Uh, They've got one scheduled with Purdue quarterback Aiden O'Connell. Let me tell you a little bit about Aiden O'Connell. Six foot three, 213 pounds, very quick and reliable processor, very good above the shoulders football, which you love to see in a young quarterback. Average 66.7% completion rate over the course of the past two years with 65 touchdowns. Very, very good mental processor, throwing receivers open, putting ball, putting, you know, passes where it is that, you know, receivers can make plays on the ball, all of that. But a couple of the concerns here, 24 interceptions over the course of his last 24 games. So a little bit turnover prone here as of late, no real mobility to, you know, get into second phases of his game and really, really lacks poise under pressure because of that. And of course, wants to be able to put the ball in places where his arm can't necessarily get him. And a lot of reason, that's been a lot of reason for why those 24 interceptions over the last 24 games took place. Got a gunslinger mentality, but doesn't necessarily have the right caliber to be able to get it done when it comes to arm strength. But nonetheless, very good mental processor, NFL size, um, good arm in terms of ball placement, very accurate, things like that. So you love those parts about him. And hey, he's a Purdue quarterback. That's worked out for the Saints before, right? All right. That's going to wrap it up for today. We'll be back with you on Monday from Mock Draft Monday, as well as getting you caught up with any of the big news that might come down over the course of the weekend. I appreciate you as always making Locked On Saints your first listen of the day every day. For your second listen, make sure you're going and checking out Locked On NFL Scouting. Joe Marino, Kyle Krabs, the draft dudes give you everything you need to know about what it takes to create and build a successful NFL franchise every single Monday through Friday, just like right here with Locked on Saints. I appreciate you, as always, for making me part of your day, part of your routine, for saying yes to me and the show. And as always, if you see me, please say hi. 
If you need anything else around your New Orleans Saints in between these episodes, make sure you follow me on Twitter at Ross Jackson, N-O-L-A. Hit me up. Let me know how the family's doing. Let me know how you're living. Let me know how your mom and them. And trust you, that nation, I'll holla at you.